on the row, our oh. second podcast. Yeah, it's very exciting times. Oh, exciting times. <laughs> Is this going to go to shit? Who knows? Probably. <laughs> so before we um, have a little chat and talk about what we've been up to, we have a very lovely interview with one of our cast members coming up for you guys. A little treat. Because are... you've been so good. So good. You managed to get through the first podcast. Have a little treat from us. So we are um, interviewing Cecilia, who plays our King Gideon. So you have that upcoming. But firstly, Joel, how's it been going for you? How has it been going? It's been good. It's been ages since we spoke last. It's been so long. Yeah, so rehearsal-wise, when we last chatted, we've we've only had one rehearsal in between. But it was a a mixed bag of success, I'd say. Yeah. But, you know, with with all great things, it, it comes in... I don't know, there's a beautiful quote, a metaphor that I could have used, but unfortunately, nay. Insert your own quote here. Yes, but firstly, tell me about your little escapade to the wardrobe. Yeah. The uh, wardrobe mistress, whose name is Nim, I did double check. (laughs) How did that (laughs) go for you? Yeah, I went to see lovely Nim. It was great. Started off great because I arrived at two and you told her that I wasn't going to come at 2, I was now going to come at 2.30, which is a, a well, fun now, little right. mistake on my part, <laughs> as well as yours. We share equal responsibility. We do. But it was a very good trip. Uh, we went in. It is surprisingly a small room with very narrow spaces in between the racks of clothing, but there's a lot in there, and we found a couple pieces that we were needing. Yeah, it's, it's nice to know. It's exciting when the vision comes together. Obviously, we need to have a, a bit of a conversation, checking with Amy... Yeah. to see who, what her vision is at. We managed to source pieces for Michael, K- Gideon, yep. and Matthew, pretty much. Yep. The only issues potentially are Otto, maybe. Yeah, there's a couple pieces that could work, but we're still sort of yeah. working it um, out. It's exciting, though. And we have many, many pieces to try out, so yeah. you guys better be looking forward to the update come next week when... Are we going to rent out the pieces to have a try-on? I think so, yeah. We're going to have a... Me and you will have a discussion about what we want and then we'll go back to Nim and we'll ask. It is very exciting. Yeah. But then we had another rehearsal and it wasn't the most successful. Then again, I think we we just needed that release. Yes. Um, I guess one thing I've I've learned, again, as a a first-time director is, personally, I haven't acted in a good couple years. I, I do prefer being on the creative side. Yeah. And I've always struggled as an actor when it comes to line learning because I don't think there was ever the time incorporated in the rehearsal process for supporting your actors when line learning. It it almost seems like there's always such a tight deadline that it can never be incorporated. So coming into rehearsal on Wednesday, was it? I think we struggled like blocking or coming up with something that would have been beneficial for us to do because I think, you know, Personally, I felt I was I was going about it the wrong way. What we needed to do was just a time to decompress, yeah. and you know, do stuff that may that doesn't feel like you know is the most efficient. But at the end of the day, us doing just a quick line uh, line reading where we could then reflect on sort of you know how you got to vocalize it, what the vocal patterns of your character are, and then you know swiftly going into a game of Uno. It then helped to become very productive. Yeah, it was what we needed. Yeah. The cast needed. Yeah. We have a rehearsal tomorrow, though. We do. And um, we've, we've still got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, excited to see King's Arms. Yes, that would be cool. Um, but apart from that, I guess we're looking forward to getting all our actors back again. 
That will be nice. Yes. Have everyone in the room. Julia is not yet dead. Cannot confirm that as of yet. We have not seen her in person. But I believe she has uh, survived the plane from yes. Berlin, which um, snaps all around. We love to see it. <laughs> love to love to see it. Because <laughs> again, recasting would have been horrendous. Um, but yeah, and then depending on everyone, where everyone's at with line learning, we're then going to get into a bit more of intense blocking, I'd say. Yeah. We, I've got to remember to bring my tape measure one day because mm. we're going to have to now start blocking with the specific measurements of the set because we are in a slightly smaller space. It looks like it might be quite a cramped, not cramped audience, um, a personal, intimate personal, audience. intimate, exactly, yeah. So that is going to be very interesting to configure, which also, um, unfortunately, will mean that we will be in hot demand so again, if you're if you're considering coming, you know we are on from the twenty second, twenty second to the twenty fourth. Um, they will be selling like hotcakes, cakes which are hot. So when when they get when our box office gets released, you better eat them up, baby. Jump right on it. If you can't tell, we are running out of things to talk about. <laughs> um, with that, uh, another smooth transition. We we hope you enjoy this interview we had with our lovely uh, Cecilia. We chatted a lot of shit. Uh, we <laughs> talked a bit about her character, King Gideon. We talked about the audition process for her. Yeah. We talked about reality TV. We did, yeah, just a little um, bit. But, yeah. Try. We'll see you next time. We'll see you, we'll see you next time. <laughs> to see you, to see you nice. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello. Hello. Uh, we are joined, not in person, but in spirit, of um, our dear Cecilia. Hello. Gone but never forgotten. <laughs> I can hear her now. <laughs> so, firstly, Cecilia, how are you doing, my lovely? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's such a beautiful sunny day. I'm having a great time. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> We're in a padded room. You're in a padded room. Hmm. It's nice in here. No, sure. that's why they're not. <laughs> it's, <laughs> overhead, <laughs> it's overhead lighting. I don't know what planet you're on. Beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, so we look we look horrendous, but yeah. we try for you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Firstly, let us do the usual three questions we do. We've asked, so we've asked how you are you're doing. Yeah. What colour are you feeling? And Fuck, Mary kill. Michael, Matthew, Lucy. Okay, right. Uh, what colour am I feeling? I'm feeling orange today. It's my favourite colour. Mm. Yeah, just like bright and... Woo. <laughs> um, like, fuck, Mary kill. Wait, who, who was it again? So, Michael, Matthew and Lucy. Obviously, can't fuck um, Otto. He's a good child of the Lord. Um. Oh, gosh. Most difficult question we've asked. This is a really hard question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to fuck any of that. <laughs> um, Lucy would take that personally. Mm. <laughs> uh, let me think. Right. I think I would. Am I doing it from the perspective of my character? We're going to say both. Who both. You, Cecilia. <laughs> who, 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 who you, you want to fuck and who Giddy would want to fuck. I feel okay. So I feel like. Gizzy would want to fuck um, Matthew. Uh, he'd want to kill... No, oh, he'd want to kill Michael, maybe marry Lucy. That makes... Mm. That's making sense. Yeah, I see yeah. that. Yeah. Where is... Uh, <laughs> where is Cecilia? Oh, Cecilia's my God. I, I don't know. Um, 
Dearie me, I don't, I've never really thought about this. character <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, work, you did not think about this essential um, question. No, well, I think maybe I would, ma- oh, maybe I'd marry Michael. Because mm-hmm. that's like marrying um, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, oh, God, actually, no, no, I don't want to do that. No, <laughs> oh. I don't want to. I don't really want to marry any of them. I don't really want to fuck any of them. I don't. Really, I, maybe we could get, no. I don't want to get well. Kill all three of them. I shouldn't promote killing. Oh, on this podcast, it's a safe space. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I would. Um, hmm. I think I'd no. Okay, I'd kill Michael. I'd marry Matthew and fuck Lucy. That doesn't make sense. I don't know why. To quote uh, Lady Gaga. Um, I don't believe in the glorification of uh, murder, but I believe in the empowerment of women. <laughs> so, exactly. With um, that being said, should we jump into the questions? Yes. yes. So, starting off, you are one of our fabulous characters in this play, and we would like to know why did you audition? What drew you to the play? I was really interested in like kind of like the concept and looking at. I guess capitalism and kind of like the problems in this world and like the people who've got like so much wealth and I thought it was a really clever way of like looking into that and also just the kind of concept that was in the game show and I think having kind of seen a lot of like kind of dystopian stuff recently or things like Squid Game it was like oh this is really like relevant to the time I was just very very intrigued yeah yeah I guess speaking specifically of like um pop culture then is there like a piece of pop culture that like, as, as well as uh, Squid Game, is there anything else that you've really uh, grown to like as you grow up that you can kind of relate to being in Ezra? I don't know, like even like something like the Hunger Games. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously like that's what came out quite a few years ago now, but I remember re-watching it last year, like me and my housemates, we re-watched like all the films. And I guess like that's a commentary on like wealth as well, like hierarchy. Well, I guess in the Hunger Games, it's like the other way around, I guess they kind of, all the wealthiest are like kind of yeah, they're the ones like in power and they're not even though they like fight I guess in the Hunger Games but I guess it's like kind of about that like, like dystopian and quite twisted way of putting people to battle against each other yeah kind of reminded me a little bit of it as well it seems that every house has a Hunger Games rewatch because I did that with my <laughs> first year flat literally it's so good though like I feel like I was like oh my god like and I was getting really emotional <laughs> it really did slap and um slaps, yeah. one thing I mean because uh, we also grew up in the peak time of YA dystopia mm-hmm. reading it I think you don't really begin to grasp I think Suzanne Collins you know she kind of slaps as a writer because yeah. you don't even realize that with like with the wealthier districts district one district two they're still forced to participate in these games and even though they have that advantage at the end of the day they're still being bred to potentially be slaughtered Mm. and you know to endorse the system and uphold it so yeah you um before we get on to your character specifically of King Gideon um did you go into the audition wanting to audition as uh King Gideon or did you audition for anyone else um no I actually um I auditioned for Lucy because I think I kind of I looked at all the parts and my brain was like, oh, there's only one female part. I'll have to just audition for that, even though obviously it was okay to audition for the others. And then I, I think in the audition, I, I, um, I think you asked me, Max, like, oh, like, did you want to like audition for anyone else? And I was like, oh, maybe I'll try out for Gideon. Like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> why um, not? With that being said, do you want to introduce us to your character? 
So I play uh, King Gideon, and he is this king from like medieval times, like the thirteen hundreds. He's he's a he's a shit. He's a little shit. He's got really like no concepts of like people and everything's about him. But he's also like one of these. I don't know. He's a bit of a like a lost soul. I get especially in the play because he's just kind of been put into the future and has like no idea where he is. And in a way, like he's maybe yeah, like one of the most honest characters because he just truly is himself, even though he's an absolute like shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, very self-centered and like um, power-centered, um, but also has a lot of places of weakness. And is always trying to hold on to power that he can't, he doesn't really have, I think, in a lot of ways, especially in the show. So obviously he's a very different character to you are as a person. How have you found <laughs> playing him? Um, have there been particular struggles or easy bits? Yeah, quite very different. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I, I don't know, I think I like kind of reflect on certain like figures that we have in our society that kind of like in a way I, I really do think about Boris Johnson when I'm thinking about how to characterize or like just these like power hungry wealthy men from throughout history kind of play with that and like I've just seen a lot of it in the media so it's like one of those I guess it's like an archetype that I've been trying to like play off mm. yeah I don't know in some ways it's like ah like this is weird because it's like very very distant from me but I guess like you know that's that's acting do you know what I mean like <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's been a cool experience. I think that's really interesting that you bring up Boris Johnson, though, because, you know, not to get too political on this <laughs> podcast <laughs> in a show about capitalism. <laughs> it, um, it's a very weird role that Boris Johnson plays. He very much plays on the fact that he acts like a buffoon. And mm. somehow that because of this relatability and, you know, oh, he's just like us. Oh, he's not a politician. He's just like us. He understands us. It's sort of your defences are put down you almost are invited to not take him seriously but with that being said he still has this massive power and you know abuses his power having bloody cheese balls Um, and it's it's the idea that I guess with a character like uh, King Gideon it's almost like you are you're playing on that sort of the stupidity the foolish behavior of Gideon he doesn't know how to engage in the space but in the same sense, that's also, I guess, how he tries to manipulate people by feigning innocence, by parading himself around. Yeah. Yeah, it is true. There's like a, like a big danger. And you've seen it in a lot of like political figures as well. It's not even just Donald Trump. But like, sorry, I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> I said, I meant to say Boris Johnson and also um, Donald Trump. Yeah, playing that's like really like, oh, I'm really silly and like really dumb, but it's like there's like, so much danger in it. And then maybe a lot cleverer than you even think they, than even are portrayed to be because they know what they want to do. Are there any um, other sort of characters from real life or pop culture characters that you're sort of drawing upon for your physicality, you know, your voice? I don't know. I really, when I when I first kind of like read um, through the scripts and everything, um, I also started thinking about like King George from Hamilton quite a bit. Like I think... Um, his song the way that he like characterizes himself like is quite like I feel like it's I've kind of based a little bit um, on King Guinean as well just quite being quite a kind of quite a nasty king but also very flamboyant and very yeah it's in ways like because King Guinean in, in some ways is quite a comical character as well so I feel like I was just trying I was like kind of taking from people like that so definitely yeah King George from Hamilton yeah and sort of 
How are you finding rehearsals in general? How is it getting along? Yeah, what are some highlights maybe? What are some bits that have been more difficult? Um, oh, rehearsals have been amazing. Honestly, I've been really enjoying them. Um, I feel like we have a lot of laughs in rehearsals. Yeah, it's been it's been like a really, really nice experience and like really nice to be to get back into um, acting. Like I haven't performed in a really long time. Yeah, no, you, um, um, last semester you were a director or, or a co-director, as we like to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 I was, I was. So so it's like kind of a bit of a jump. Obviously me and Max worked on the same show. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, so it's been like nice to kind of switch and like be on the other side. But it's like, because I did last semester, it's like uh, directing. It's really made me appreciate like both sides of like the, the creative process. Mm. But but no, I've loved it. And like the whole cast, honestly, like is so lovely. And it's like really exciting to kind of get to know new people and um, just like bring this show to like Joel's amazing writing to life. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, so what was the other question? Um, I guess any highlights of the process so far or any difficulties you faced in the rehearsal rooms? I think one of the highlights is when we did kind of characterization of like <laughs> it just that was just really fun and like kind of thinking about like what animal <laughs> we would be and I just feel like we've already got into it and had a blast. That's really. a really nice way of putting it because <laughs> I was convinced we'd lost the plot at that point. <laughs> No, it was great. It was so good. And actually, like, has really helped me kind of think about, like, how I'm going to embody and characterise Gideon. And because I think, yeah, it's very easy to just kind of go in, read your lines, but it's really important to focus on what you're going to do with your body as well. I don't know, challenges, I guess it's kind of just getting back into, like, doing this again. Like, I haven't had to, like, perform and learn a script in a really long time. I'm a bit nervous about it, but... um, yeah. No, I'm, I am really excited. Like, yeah, I guess that's the only thing of like, it's just kind of like getting into it. You'll be happy to know I've been learning my lines and I think it's really going to help once I know them. Because right answer. Bring a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all felt uh, during this week, definitely, because we've kind of framed this as like an R&R sort of week where, you know, we're not doing the intense blocking anymore. We're just trying to sort of learn our lines because, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, by the, the, two me- the two weeks left mark, you know, hopefully we'll then be able to really pick up the uh, pacing and start, you know, really intense blocking. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we've all felt that sort of the, the absence of structure um, as compared to last week. And, yeah. you know, I think we've all had to, as a group, sort of <laughs> sort of um, hassle or haggle, like, you know, what's actually going to be effective for us in rehearsal during the rehearsal time. But I think sometimes it is just a thing of fucking about for a day or two just enjoying ourselves and allowing that rest so then we can then maybe get into just sort of just intense line read throughs. Yeah, I know you mean actually with like the lack of structure as well. I feel like just because it's like being the holidays and all of that, I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, definitely. But no, it's, I, I love our little Uno games. That's, that has been a highlight as well. <laughs> How many Uno games have you won yet? I've won one. Oh. Uno. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any um, hot tactics that you can spill to us? You know, tactics, I'm not going to lie to you. I, it, it, it's just, if the game's going well, the game's going well. If it's not, it's not. <laughs> I guess. Do you want to talk a little about your costume? So um, obviously this is the thing that's happened this week. Uh, we've finally gone to the wardrobe assistant, Nim. And we have, a, we have a rough idea of what your costume is beginning to, it's beginning to take form. Unlimited budget, what would your dream costume be? What are you imagining for King Gideon? 
how Ooh. how exaggerated are we going to get? I think I'm, you know, like, and you'd have like a massive robe, yeah. yeah. And then you know those, I don't know what they're called, but you know those trousers that are like they come down to like your calf and they're like kind of puffy. Oh, they're almost <laughs> like bloomers, yeah. Oh, like yeah, bloomers, yeah, yeah with like it. stockings and then like those like little like kind of heeled pointy shoes, yeah, and like probably like a waistcoat and like ruffles. <laughs> I think that would be great. A great. Um, it sounds beautiful. I think I can potentially provide the um, the the pointed shoes because I've got some real pilgrim looking ass shoes. Ooh, three ooh. inches as well for your for your nerve. <laughs> for my nerves, well, yeah. <laughs> no, the coat, the cloak would be lovely. I, it just unfortunately we may have to give up on that dream when in regards to actual staging in space. That's, that's okay. To be fair, also may, maybe Gideon's just like lost his way. Do you know what I mean? Like he's a disheveled. He would have like, <laughs> fell off in the woods somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like they ripped it, ripped it off him. Like on the way. <laughs> Usually he has a he has a servant just following him all all the way around. But you know they're on a sig break now. <laughs> now he's stuck in this room. Yeah. <laughs> let's um let's talk a bit about the relationship Gideon specifically has with the other characters. I mean we we've touched a bit on this with Fuck Mary Kill. But uh, do you want to touch upon what you mean with Gideon being the most open person in this room, almost like the one who's least likely to lie? And I guess how does that change his relationships with other people? Do you feel he is more easily able to be manipulated? Or because you're sort of basing him off such deliberately manipulative characters, do you think um, Gideon himself is sort of a master manipulator? The reason I think he's the most honest is because he doesn't I think like throughout the play he just doesn't ca- really catch on to what's going on he doesn't know what's going on he's just he his whole whole time is trying to figure it out and then it's too late but I think he isn't a manipulative person but I think in this context he loses that manipulation because he just he has no power to manipulate because he doesn't know what's going on and like usually in his life he knows what's going on he's in control and this is the point where he's not so because he doesn't catch on he just can't be manipulative even though he might kind of try a little bit and try and be intimidating, especially like towards Lucy, but then realises actually like, oh, this is not really working. <laughs> and I, he doesn't know what he's doing, really. Yeah, I mean, I think out of all the characters, he's really sort of the most out of place, isn't he? Well, yeah. Does it find some sort of similarity to their lives or some understanding of what it is, but Gideon really struggles to understand any of it, doesn't he? Yeah, like he really can't like relate. Like I, I think like seeing someone like Lucy, and you've just come out of the 1300s, and you're seeing like a modern day like woman. It's like what? Like like what is like what? <laughs> like what is going on? Like he's like I can't relate to these people. Like maybe like the Pope, yeah, like Pope also a bit more because like religion, and he would have had like those religious figures around him as well. And even with Matthew, maybe a little bit as well. But still, they're a little bit distant from him. So another big part of the play is sort of the reality TV aspect. So I wondered, do you watch a lot of reality TV? Do you have like a favourite show, a favourite moment? How do you see that playing into the play and your character specifically? Oh, I do watch reality TV. Uh, Oh, I've been watching Below Deck recently. That's been a lot of fun. Um, Oh God, what is Below Deck? I know about it. Is it on Netflix? Yeah, it's basically, so I've been watching the Mediterranean one and it's basically like this crew like on this like super yacht kind of like boat. They like all these rich people kind of mm. go on these holidays, but it's all about like them running the, the boat and all of that and like everything. But it's just loads of drama. It's great. It's really good. That actually sounds amazing. Um, I think you really like it, Max. I, think you really like it. I probably would. <laughs> on this current season you're watching, 
who are the villains you know what what are the what are, what are the big plot lines the big drama oh so oh, big, i can't remember any of the names but like the woman that's like in charge charge of like all the kind of crew members like she's got a bit of beef with this one girl because apparently she's not doing enough mm. and she's getting and they, they got all drunk and like i trying to have a chat about it and it was like oh leave it because you're drunk and then there's also a bit of like some they keep asking this one girl if she's got a boyfriend and then like i think she's like she can't even flirt over this one guy Mm. <laughs> um, and then there was like people not being on time on deck this just sounds scandalous i tell I you know. <laughs> bringing girls back girls back to the boat and they weren't allowed to yeah i know you watch geordie shaw celia i've never watched geordie shaw no i feel okay so if you feel like i'd like below deck i really think you'd like it because <laughs> it's it's a thing where you can't watch it in sort of like weekly installments yeah Get, you know if you have amazon prime you binge it in an evening, you know, no critical thinking. It just washes over your head. Yeah, I like stuff. But that's why I watch it reality TV. It's like, I just don't yeah. need to think about anything. Like, Are you one of those people that sort of religiously watches Love Island daily? I'm a celeb uh, daily when, when they're on. No, not really. Like, I never really like grew up watching I'm a Celebrity, actually. My mum like, doesn't like it. So <laughs> we never used to watch it. And then Love Island that like, I would watch... Do you know what I do is um I, I don't I like might watch like the first few episodes I'll watch like episodes on and off and then if I've missed them I'll just like watch the YouTube clips yeah <laughs> do you know what I watched recently which is kind of linked um I watched it in my housemates every day it's a Truman show oh, oh what's fuck, a great movie yeah. unfortunately I haven't watched it yeah I've just seen movie clips of it um mm, you should watch it, you should watch I, it. I just I just love how there's there's the really famous bit where his faux wife they're having an argument. He's beginning to see the cracks and yeah. she has to do a sponsored ad for her hot chocolate. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like Makoko. <laughs> Would you like some Makoko? <laughs> yeah. um, I have to ask the same question to you now then, Joel. Um, do you have a favourite reality TV moment as well? Now, I actually don't watch too much reality TV. Um, not to <laughs> throw a spanner in it. Spanner in the works. Yeah, yeah you wrote a whole bloody play about it. <laughs> I just, I just guessed. Uh, <laughs> but I have seen um, clips of Big Brother uh, and the celebrity one with Gemma Collins, and some of those are incredible. Speaking of, like, I, I had to, I had to talk about it because it is the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> Celebrity Big Brother, the season with uh, Gemma Collins and Tiffany New York Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, is that when... Um, wait, David's is that dead. When... Yeah! <laughs> God, God David, my husband! <laughs> God, I just... I love it. I guess harkening back to, it, you know, our love of reality TV, though, I think what makes it fun, though, is as audience members, we're aware of how manufactured it is. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I don't think like that doesn't stop people from not engaging with it uncritically. People still send death threats to certain reality TV contestants, you know, Love Island specifically, the lack of aftercare for mental health yeah. um, has resulted in the death of Caroline three. Flack. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah, Caroline Flack and I think three uh, participants. Yeah. Are... It's not like, I think it's a, it's an interesting kind of, a world and it's obviously just not 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 a healthy one and I think a lot of people especially with Love Island as well like you go into it not being famous at all and then you're like in this isolated space for what eight weeks and then you come out and suddenly everyone knows who you are like I don't know how people I don't know how like they thought that you could someone could just deal with that and not have any support like it doesn't really make any sense it is interesting though because it is like reality TV's become such a phenomenon and like 
and it is like yeah I, I use it to sometimes I just need to decompress and like I don't want to think about anything like I, I don't know if you guys watch like Desperate House no not Desperate House sorry um The Real House Housewives over like Beverly Hills and yeah. stuff like that and like you just like want to disconnect so you watch something that's like very like distant from the life that you live but then at the same time then you think of the other side and you're like these people obviously like are doing it because I guess they want to but it's also like their lives are not necessarily fully like that the way we the way we engaged with um Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and you know Gossip Girl so 10 years ago the massive recession in the 2000 you know 2008 crisis that yeah. kind of, I, don't, I don't know history but it's, <laughs> it's, the way, it's almost shows like this surge in popularity because they do not represent real life and we yeah. wanted we wanted to engage with this sort of extreme level of wealth and be reminded mm. of how costly all these things are but you know we still vehemently sort of despise all these politicians who sort of made this crisis happen it's it's mm. so interesting how we as passive audience members engage with this wealth I have uh, one last question. If we uh, mm-hmm. part of reality TV and also the play is that the audience sort of vote. So I was wondering, Cecilia, have you ever voted for like a TV show? Um, yeah, because uh, well, I know I was young, Gabby and my mum would watch X Factor every year, so we'd vote. Mm. And so, if you were in the world of the play and you were outside watching, would you vote? Would you abstain? Sort of, how would you feel if you saw that happening now? I don't know. It's hard. Like I think. I don't think I'd be very happy that it was a game that people died in. I don't think I'd really want to want to uh, take part if it was people like actually dying. <laughs> yeah. I think to know that and to know that your vote would go towards someone's death is something quite difficult to um, come to I, terms with. I guess though, if you were faced with the possibility of voting out a vehemently hated person, yeah, would you like you know? Yeah, no, that's true, though, actually. Like, I guess also if it's, like, just people that are corrupt in the world and just making people's lives difficult, it's, like, definitely vote out Michael because it's, like, looking at the world we are in now, it's, that's, like, representing, like, figures like Jeff Bezos. Um, but I guess also, it'd be fair, also Gideon, because it's, like, even though you go, it's, like, way back in history, it's, like, it still contributes to people's wealth today because of, like, inherited wealth. And, yeah. ro- like, the, look at the royal family, like, like mm-hmm. that money stays within the royal family and then has been used for like awful things as well like I don't know it's I, like none of the people there are good and it's like kind of hard to like be like oh this person's better even though they're all like really bad in a way mm. um hey, thank you that was quite a philosophical question we dropped on you at the end <laughs> you answered it well thank you I think with that that is everything <laughs> Firstly, uh, a final thank you to you. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow for rehearsals. Yes, I'll see you there. What time is that? (laughs) (laughs) That's a question. That's a question that we will find an answer to. (laughs) One o'clock. That's what I thought when I was five. Good. I thought it was four o'clock. Thank you so much. What a great chat. Great chat, guys. Love the chat. Love the chat. (laughs) Oh, God. I forgot about that. (laughs)